as the playful sun goes down once again, gathering its forces is the night, and we witches three gather round our overturned bowler hat to <laughs> oh, conduct goodness. a spectacle. Well, this is the worst one like yet. I, thought I feel the, like I can't. I feel like one. I can't get through. I can't get through my sort of interruption. <laughs> I, I, I don't you keep interrupting me. I'm interrupting you because that is literally upside down. Like if you put a potion in there, it would. It would. It wouldn't even fit. How would you? Would you stuff it under the bowler hat? What are you? No, I'm just oh, trying. Oh, I see. It's You're like overturned. Oh, yes, yeah, okay. it's the a bowler flip. hat is up. It's sort of like a, I'm like putting on the Ritz. You know, it's <laughs> like a, uh-huh, uh-huh. sort of a classing it up. The Charlie Chaplin. I apologize this time. That is my bad. Uh, oh, that okay. Would, oh, that that might work. I don't think it's a good idea, but I want to be encouraging of you, and I feel bad that I misinterpreted the direction of the bowler hat. Okay, well, I'm let's Alex. get it going. I yeah, yeah, Justin, I'm let's get the eye. I yeah, let's get the eye I'm of P. Gecko. Okay, <laughs> I yeah, I'm Justin. <laughs> Great, and you're listening to the Chilling Podcast of Sabrina, a recap podcast for Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. We're going to be talking about Chapter 8, The Burial, this episode. Once again, we're chatting with each other over the phone, so apologies about any loss in audio quality. we got to jam through these but it's episodes. Not just a, it's all... not just a phone. We have an app. Like It's an app. We're, we're not just like calling each other. We're, we're doing it right. Really? I'm calling you guys on a landline. I'm not connected to... Any computer right now. How is this oh, working? That's right. Yeah, it's amazing. It is. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I'm using the original apps, which are mozzarella sticks and buffalo wings. That's the only apps <laughs> I have. On yeah, that. dog. TGI Fridays. <laughs> it's yeah, man. We stands. should do the. Oh God, we should do the last episode of this podcast live from TGI Fridays. What do you guys say? Oh, I man. think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, I was definitely. Let me know where there is one. I would lean um, a little bit more yeah, towards Applebee's myself. Oh, no, thanks. Applebee's is the worst. Have you been to an Applebee's recently? Uh, no, what? no, I haven't. Has it changed? It can't. Yeah, Applebee's is better than TGI Fridays. I'm gonna put no, I, I firmly, completely, 100% disagree with that. Applebee's, the last time I went there with my kids, we went to get lunch, and they were like, uh, we're out of French fries, which is an insane <laughs> thing for any restaurant to have. And they were like, all right, that's fine. That's fine. Can the kids get apple juice? And they're like, no, we don't. We're out of apple juice. Wow. Like how those are those are two very basic things that any restaurant should have, particularly when they're advertising gigantic signs for unlimited fries anywhere. Plus, the food is gross. So, I'll tell you what. <laughs> we will do a taste challenge. You and me, P. Where we'll go to an Applebee's. We'll go to a TGI Fridays. We'll talk about Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, just because I don't want this conversation to be totally off the rails. Uh, mm-hmm. And we'll see which one is better. I, well, I'm not I, I feel a, a I feel stupid. TGI Friday, so uh, I can't do oh. that uh, taste challenge with you. That's important information. Uh, yeah. Uh, I follow up question: What and why? Uh, ha- what happened? <laughs> I used to work at a TGI Fridays, and uh, yeah, it was exp- uh, it was you know I I left uh, and uh, I was banned. Wait, um, uh, <laughs> you're skipping a couple of steps there. Yeah, you missed a, an amazing detail there uh, of why that happened. Uh, I mean, it's a giant story, and I, I really don't want to get into it because we got to talk about Sabrina here. 
Um, I feel stupid because, uh, you, as you know, I've been pursuing um, sponsorship from uh, a number of fast casual restaurants, and I was about to announce our Applebee's TGI Friday sponsorship, but we tanked that, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, man. Yeah. Before we're recording, before we get on recording, you got to tell us what the sponsorship is. Hopefully, we have some other yeah. folks on the docket. Um, I Who knew lost- that you would have such a hot take on Applebee's? <laughs> I know that after, I mean, thank you. I want to say just thank you for pursuing them because after the last episode when we lost the sponsorship for meat closets after the conversation about that, <laughs> that was a real yeah. bummer. So yeah. I don't know. We'll work on something for the next episode, I hope. Yeah, I know. Let's yeah. stop being such simple bays. Yep. Let's uh, jump into the recap for the episode. So Sabrina Spellman is a half-witch. She's been studying witchcraft at the Academy of the Unseen Arts with a number of other students, including Prudence, Agatha, and Dorcas. Three mean girls, though she had a little bit of a connection with Prudence, the leader, last episode, which, due to some revelations with Prudence, led to a split between her and her two minions, Agatha and Dorcas. Uh, Agatha and Dorcas were very angry <laughs> at Sabrina's human boyfriend, Harvey Kinkle. Uh, Harvey Kinkle is, comes from a line of witch hunters. His family work currently works in the mines in Greendale. And we uh, left off the episode with Agatha and Dorcas using two voodoo dolls to smash them, which left Harvey and his brother, Tommy, in a very precarious place as we ended the episode. Elsewhere, Father Blackwood is the head of the Academy of Unseen Arts. He is going to have a child with his, yeah, twins with his wife. Um, though they had, uh, they had also a bit of an acrimonious, not a split, but something came between them last episode when it was revealed that his wife was manipulating the Feast of Feasts, a really wonderful event where you eat a human being. And so he seemed to be a little upset about that. Uh, also the midwife for his babies is Aunt Zelda. Who seems to have like a little bit of a thing for Father Blackwood? We'll explore that. Oh yeah, yeah, we will. Meanwhile, uh, Sabrina's human friends are going through some weird supernatural stuff of their own. There's Roz, who is losing her vision but gaining a second sight, which has been passed down through our family for generations. Uh, This seems to be. uh, Thank you. Uh, Seems to be some sort of a, a result of a witch's curse, though we don't know a lot more about that at the current time. Uh, there's also Susie, who is uh, Sabrina's gender non-conforming friend. Uh, Susie has a ancestor that I'm blanking on the name of. Starts with a D. Dorothy. Maybe. Dorothea, thank Dorothy. you. Uh, uh, who has been appearing to her in some sort of visions. Might be a ghost. We don't know exactly what's going on with that. Uh, and what else is going on? Oh, yeah, there's a lady named Madam Satan a.k.a. Miss Wardwell, who is slowly manipulating Sabrina, moving her along the path of night so that she will sign Satan's dark book. And last but not least, there's the real hero of the series, Nick Scratch. He's a sexy bad boy uh-huh. who everybody loves. Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, Sabrina is definitely going to get with him, which is very exciting. No, <laughs> it's no. She, yes, don't it's great. Try this to, is great. Don't, no. <laughs> you asshole. Not no. everybody Nick, loves him. Nick also, is the chick of Sabrina. Uh, <laughs> the star of Riverdale. Uh, not chick. the star. Not the star yeah. of Riverdale. Man, last episode we got a crossover with Riverdale where Ben Button showed up. I'm just hoping by the end of the series we finally get Nick and Chick to team up 
and uh, oh, just God. solve every problem because they're so capable. I think that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Who are you rooting uh, for? That would be the one worst o- turn a show could take. <laughs> <laughs> one other detail that we should mention uh, that we find out a lot more about this episode is it, at the very beginning of the series, Aunt Zelda got mad and Aunt Hilda knocked her over the head and buried her in the backyard of the Spellman Mortuary, uh, only to find her coming back Mm, several hours later coming back to life. Uh, we find yeah. out more about what's going on in that. We find out it's called a cane pit this episode. We'll talk more about that in a second, but just important to have that backstory. So why don't we jump into yeah. the episode, uh, which picks up right at, well, pretty much right as the mind collapses. There's still a little bit that happens before that, but Justin, you want to walk us through it? Uh, totally. Uh, right out of the gate, we have Sabrina still down on cannibalism. Yeah, because it starts off Ambrose being like, hey, you want some bacon, cousin? And she's like, oh, gross. I can't even think about meat right now after what we saw and witnessed. Which yeah. is completely yeah. understandable. After you see people, you know, devouring someone, uh, you know, you might lose your appetite for a little while. You're speaking Here. from experience, P, obviously, from your time. Um <laughs> You were on an island for a while in a uh, sort of a <laughs> Lord of the Flies situation, right? <laughs> no. Uh, is that but, uh, is that what led you to being kicked out of TGI Fridays? Is that what happened? Did you eat a person? You ate a dude. <laughs> <laughs> you can't eat your coworkers, my man. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I learned that you, the hard way. When you hire Eat LePage, that's what you're gonna get. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Last time I was at Applebee's, I ordered a bacon cheeseburger. They asked me whether I wanted bacon go. made with long pig or short pig. And I was like, oh, oh no, thanks. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the Applebee's takedown continues. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> more like crab. Really going to be. Oh, uh, hey. That is not in the commercial copy they gave me for us to say. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'll say it more like a commercial answer. More like Crabblebee's. How's that? Oh, oh, that's wow. good. Uh, so Zelvin, you did call it, you know, I was worried that Harvey was dead in the last episode, but you were quick to point out that sketchy hug where Sabrina was whispering things. Well, I think, you know, we're supposed to leave the episode certainly worrying about Harvey, but at the same time, he's one of the two main characters of the show. So, um, I think there's always going to be some sort of out for him because, I know we're joking about the Nick Scratch stuff, but ultimately I do think Sabrina and Harvey are the heart of the show. They're the center of the show and their relationship is what Sabrina's character arc is all about. So he is going to be safe going forward. There's always going to be some sort of thing there, but that said big change for Harvey and his direction in this episode uh, it is, I, I would argue that in a very similar way where Miss Wardwell has been slowly wearing down at Sabrina's morals, Harvey's mm. steadfast, there's no flying without you, Sabrina, is going to continue to be tested more and more the further that he goes. Um, almost having nothing to do with Sabrina and more having to do with his family and his obligations and just his life is not as simple after this episode as it has been previously. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. Tom... Tommy is a kind of minor character in the show, but a huge character for Harvey because he shields him from his asshole father. And, yeah. you know, we really see that uh, how important that is in this episode. Uh, yeah. I mean, do you think that the darkness that uh, Sabrina keeps encountering is affecting Harvey? 
Uh, mm. and the event, the events are affecting him, obviously, but it, does it feel like maybe he is getting some residual, uh, fallout? I think that could make yeah. sense. I think particularly given that we know that he saw, uh, forgetting the name of the demon, Apophis or whatever down yeah. in the mines, though it still looks like it was Satan. I, I'm still a yeah. little confused on that detail, whether he saw yeah, Apophis. I, th- I think it was Satan. Satan. Okay. So he saw Satan. So that might have seeped in a little bit to him. That might have affected him. Granted, that happened back when he was a kid, but maybe, maybe returning to the mines brought that back, started to let that darkness seeped into him. Maybe he's going to become the bad boy of the show. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> this show, this show, much like this podcast, only has room for one bad boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, so a couple things I want to talk about, uh, Susie is, is communicating with her dead aunt, I guess she does. And who tells her to go into the mine to get the helmet, uh, and she comes out with the helmet of Tommy. Yeah. Um, sort of kicking well, off. Actually, the, like, can we take a little dead. step back and just talk about the yeah. conversation? So Amber yeah, and Sabrina, it was just really funny how auntie Z like answers the phone. It's like, no, we haven't heard. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Zelda continues. I know we talk about this every episode, but she continues to be the absolute best. Her reaction to Black Friday. Oh, it's Black Friday. And she says, it most certainly is not. Is great. Yeah. And I love those details that they keep throwing in. Later on in the episode, Nick Scratch says, unholy shit, which is <laughs> such a silly line. But again, it's funny. The more de- casual funny. details they throw out about this witch world, I think, great. Yeah. Uh, but Zelda's reaction, I was pleasantly surprised by it. You know, we know at this point, as of the last episode, she very clearly stated that Sabrina is more important to her than anything else. But her reaction when she hears there's an accident at the mine and telling Sabrina to go run, go be with Harvey... Yeah. That, that's a big change from where she was in the first episode, and I really like seeing that a lot. So then we are over uh, to the mines. A uh, huge mining accident. The whole town is there coming out, trying to get the miners out. Uh, we very quickly find out that Harvey is okay, but Tommy is trapped down there or dead. Uh, at least four other miners have died in the accident. Uh, it's absolute chaos. Everybody's trying to help out. Uh, but as you mentioned in the middle of that, Susie disappears. Uh, and she disappears because her ghost aunt has told her to go down to the mines and get the helmet. Um, what do you think is going on there? What is the relationship? What is Dorothea's goal? My feelings are, uh, and later there's a scene um, where Dorothea appears to Susie um, and oddly calls her a little boy, which seems a little yes. off, and then uh, has sort of a mission for her. This episode made me think that Dorothea is not an actual ghost, but something uh, uh, that Madam Satan, a spell that Madam Satan mm-hmm. has cast to manipulate uh, Susie and Sabrina's human friends. Since she's at the school, oh. she sees them and she knows what's up with them. I think she's uh, just finding another way to influence Sabrina. Oh, wow. I thought, I thought she was just a uh, kind of like a spirit that was looking out for her, but... Uh... I guess I could see that, but yeah, it's just the the thing of her, the Dorothea calling Susie a boy, I thought was like an odd thing to have happen unless it was like a dig or some kind of way of influencing the character. Well, but yeah. also on the other hand, Susie didn't react negatively to that. Certainly it's a yeah, very, she didn't. I didn't even catch it. Right. Yeah. It, it was a very clear detail there. Like it was, clearly said and they didn't you know stop on the moment or anything like that but 
Um, Susie, yeah. they do cut to Susie at that moment. Susie still looks kind of pleased and awed at the fact that she's seeing this ghost of her ancestor. Um, yeah. So to your point, there does seem to be some sort of enchantment or thing happening there. Uh, on the other hand, just to be, and, and I, I agree with you, but just to kind of look at it uh, critically, it's also possible it might be, well, Aunt Dorothea is very old-timey before gender nonconforming was anything accepted or understood. Um, and clearly yeah. there has been uh, gender issues, and I say issues meaning things to discuss, not problems, uh, throughout the history of Susie's family. We talked about that with her Uncle yeah. Jesse, who also dressed in a dress one time. Um, Aunt Dorothea certainly seems to be in a very non-gendered flight suit, I think. So when her father, when her father introduces Dorothea, he says like, oh, here's your relative that also dressed like you dressed like a boy. It was such a weird moment because to me, because the character was set up to be her ally. And then Mm -hmm. she does something that feels like, oh, you don't understand the situation. And you're sort of been built to understand the situation. So it Mm -hmm. felt like a sort of a discord in the, the connection between the two characters. Right. And also to that end, she's not. She's not exactly helping her. Like telling her to go down to the mine and find a helmet is more daredevil behavior than helpful behavior. Um, yeah. I, it could be but pushing the helmet Susie. Does help, the helmet does help with like closure. I mean, it's the only thing in the casket, you know? Otherwise, they're not bearing anything. It kind of becomes a very important piece. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, again, to Justin's point, that could all be part of Madame Satan's plan. She could be manipulating this whole thing to push Sabrina further down the path of night, potentially. I mean, because um, Madame Satan did, like, when she was walking around uh, Sabrina's house, she was uh, throwing spells and chants around everywhere she was going. So Yeah, she'd like yeah. anything, a mirror, a helmet, anything she yeah. can, like, get her liquor on. <laughs> Yeah, her, that's what they call the tongue, the liquor. Right. Uh, yeah. Which which language again? Yeah, classic witch language. Uh, beer before liquor, never sticker. And that's true because if you lick objects, you're going to get a cold. Because uh, <laughs> they're germs. Uh, so uh, moving forward, I, here's another. Uh, there's this crazy moment where Harvey's dad calls off the search and then later is like, Search is over. He's already meeting with the bank to work out the insurance. Yeah, money. Jesus, that was. He fast. seems ice cold about his father and or his son and the other miners who uh, potentially died or were still alive at the time. So yeah. it, it, he's like a big time villain. Like he's like a the coldest character on TV. Really, it made me think: Does he have some sort of deal with the the devil that's in the tunnel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, it did feel that way that he kind of was real quick to shut things down. You yeah. Know? And then that, they let her had a throwaway line that was like, the only way he gets a check is after the funeral for the insurance money. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't necessarily read it that way just because the setup for the mind collapse is Agatha and Dorcas going rogue. It doesn't seem like they're being manipulated by anybody so much as being little assholes. So yeah. they they cause it. So normally I would think what you're saying that like Satan is compelling Harvey's father to do something. But I think ultimately he's just a bitter old man who cares more about money and getting drunk than anything else. 
he should get a job at Applebee's. He'd feel real comfortable there, I bet. <laughs> wow. Dude, you can't, you can't, I don't, you went to one shitty Applebee's and you're just saying they don't, they're not all like that. All right. They're not French all fries. Fries. They advertise, they have signs hanging from the ceiling that say unlimited French fries. What's the opposite you, of unlimited French fries? No French fries. That's what they had. Right. They, the fries yeah. were just limited. It was limited French fries. Did you? Yeah. Sure? Maybe you read the sign wrong. Also, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. I agree that that one location was awful and that was ridiculous. But they're not all like. Why do you want to marry yeah. Applebee's, Pete? Because so I've much. had some great experiences in Applebee's. You live in New York <laughs> City for fuck's sake. <laughs> some of the best pizza regular. Why are you going to Applebee's? <laughs> I haven't been pizza there in years. But I'm just. Yeah, right. You're a regular at the Times Square Applebee's bar. I know. <laughs> Ordering all the French fries. Alex, just order a salad instead. Here's the thing is I did order a salad and it was limp and brown and terrible. Oh, God. Oh. Well, well, why did you, you eat there after a salad? <laughs> yeah. Why did I eat there? Because I have kids and they have these video game screens that kids like to play on, except they only have one per table. So if you have more than one kid, the kids are screaming at each other the entire time because they can only play one game at a time. It's a terrible oh, experience. Yeah, it sounds awful. Yeah. It's almost like it's cursed. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, Pete, I have a question for you. Does my experience sure. at Applebee's sound worse than the reason you were banned from TGI Fridays, which is? <laughs> I got, well, I kind of accidentally started a revolution and then uh, revolution was uh, fired and I like swore at everybody I could see and stormed out and then in rebuttal the own, or the manager was like, you're bad for life. So, I mean, I really don't have any way that they can uphold that. It's not like they would have my picture in every <laughs> TGI Fridays, or maybe he would just meant that one. Uh, but yeah, no, I've seen we your picture up. You can't go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, have you seen the TGI Fridays ads recently? They have unlimited apps and no Pete LePages. That's very specifically in every commercial. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, um, obviously we talked about Sabrina's spell save, uh, Harvey. They have a nice, uh, back of the truck hang sesh for Sabrina's supporting yeah, Harvey. Yeah, that was adorable. They, I mean, I it, was worried that Harvey was going to keep running in and not come back out alive. Uh, that was yeah. kind of, that was pretty scary. And it's understandable. Uh, I mean, you want to save your brother. It makes total sense that he wants to keep going back in. Yeah. He still thinks he's alive down there. I really like yeah. the way they, uh, their relationship is so sweet. The way they like just casually make out a little bit, um, mm -hmm. feels very like teen romance. So I do like mm -hmm. that about them. Um, the next, uh, next moment, Am Ambrose and Zelda have news. They were through some astral projecting have, uh, discovered that, um, no one's alive, that Tommy is indeed mm -hmm. dead. Now, I thought that was really sweet because they're risking a lot by projecting. I mean, we saw some of the dangers and the fact that they went through the rubble to see if Tommy was alive. Uh, I thought it was very touching. Yeah. They're yeah, I agree. Nice. They're uh, good citizens. On the, on the other end of the spectrum, and we talked about this on the podcast before, and as you just mentioned, astral projection is very dangerous. You have those psychopomps that come and potentially will take yeah. your spirit away. 
it was yeah. strange to me that that just got thrown in there without that level of danger. It still feels like we're heading towards a place where something bad is going to happen when somebody astral projects or they're going to use it against some sort of villain, turn it around on them in some way. Um, but that it was, it was just not oh, yeah, the we time went. to bring. It was not sure. the time to bring that up. So it would have seemed catty if they were like, we asked to project it and you know how dangerous that is. You know, it's just not. <laughs> yeah, that would be a weird way to say it. Yeah. Really put ourselves out there, Sabrina. Really <laughs> like Holding out their palm, gesturing for a little bit of money, just some cash. Classic Applebee's waitress. Usually you tip somebody when they do something like this. Yeah. Uh, what, do you t- what do you tip on an astral projection? Like 20% or do you yeah. go higher? Because it's more dangerous. Yeah, yeah it depends on how it's quick a it is. The, uh, there's a nice sort of uh, thesis moment where uh, they after, after that, uh, Zelda says, hey, this is what it's like, Sabrina, to live half in the witch world and half in the human world. You have to know shit about people and not tell them. Right. Basically setting up that Sabrina is going to do whatever the hell she wants, no matter what. Um, yeah. In this episode, uh, we get to see Dorcas and Agatha gloating um, about. Oh, their, that was uh, so fucked up. Yeah, uh, they're bad girls, um, and Prudence notices, and she gives pause. Yeah, proving once again that she's Sabrina's uh, friend. Yeah. Also, cool. can we talk about uh, Prudence's lipstick in that scene? Because that was very nice. I like that a lot. The blue lipstick really what? stood out okay. against. Yeah. Wow. No? Alex, Wait, Alex likes a he likes a bold lip. What? I do. I do like a bold lip. Well, it also shows. I think it's a very clear choice uh, because she and Agatha and Dorcas have matched lipstick the entire series. They've had that very clear black lipstick going on, but she's chosen a different one. She has blue now. She's not pure evil. She's a little mixed. She has uh, become part of the uh, the sky people. That ended very weird. <laughs> Sky people. Ended, I don't know. I ran out of juice right at the You're end there. I don't know. You're talking about I somebody's lipstick. Uh, forget what I just said about the sky people. Don't worry about it. Let's keep talking. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. Um, so then um, we get the, the backstory. Sky people. Uh, uh, who knows what, what Alex the means? Fuck? Uh, it's uh, just happened. It. It's fine. Don't worry about it. We, my point was, it's very get, nice lipstick. Let's keep going. Oh we get God. the background. I'm going to have to figure out what you're referencing there. Oh, my uh, God. What is happening? We get the background on um, how uh, Hilda keeps uh, resurrecting. It's not because of a spell. It's because of the actual soil. soil in the garden. Yeah. You got to have good, fertile, rich soil. I mean, these, uh, you know. It's uh, the soil from Cain's garden with Abel's blood in it, sort of like. The oldest soil on earth, they said. Well, I I do want to mention that uh, Justin, yes, but Justin, uh, you not exactly called that, but you sort of intuited that, I think, from the very first time that happened where you referenced Cain and Abel from Sandman. Do you want to give the background on that for those who haven't read the Sandman comic books? Uh, Sure. In the Sandman universe, the DC comic, um, uh, Cain and Abel are characters who uh, live in the dreaming. Uh, I think Cain re- runs the House of Secrets, if I'm uh, right, or yeah, did for so. a while. And he, uh, in biblic- biblical history, uh, it was the first murder was Cain killing Abel, I believe, right, his brother. Right. Yeah. And in, uh, I can't believe I know that. And in the uh, comic, uh, Cain murders Abel over and over again, and then he continually comes back to life as part of their story. Uh, yeah, and so and it, it is felt very, very 
similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a similar relationship with Zelda and Hilda. Uh, so it does saying very specifically that it is a cane pit and it's soaked with Abel's blood. That does seem to me like a little bit of a shout out to Sandman that they're more explicitly stating that. Did you, do you feel that yeah. way or? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think so. I feel like they borrowed that relationship because I don't think that was that wasn't in the Sabrina comic. No, I, thought it was I mean just, they were they were kind of referencing Cain and Abel from the you know Bible, not from Sandman. Um, I mean they're both it's the same Cain and Abel, but I do think to Justin's point, uh, the Hilda and Zelda relationship in the comics and the original show, Zelda is very much the you know prissy uptight one, and Hilda Hilda is the daffy one. Um, but it's not the same. Nobody gets killed or anything like that. So, yeah. um, I do think, I do think that's a sneaky Easter egg. They mentioned Neil Gaiman earlier on in the series. So they're pretty well aware yeah. who he is. And I think it's not is stealing anything so much as an homage to Sandman because there are a yeah. lot of other things in the series that feel very similar, feel of the same tapestry and of the same world. So we get to the funeral, uh, Tommy's funeral, so that um, his dad can get the insurance money. So they have a quickie funeral at the Spellman Funeral Home. Um, Madam Satan is, of course, there because she's a creep, and she's yep. trolling <laughs> Sabrina the whole funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it did bring up one question for me. Um, the way uh, Madam Satan talks about witches, are witches a different species from human? Uh, because she talks about it like uh, like they are. Um and, well, that's, and that's that's not explicitly like in the same way that mutants are a different species. Um, and also, do witches just live forever? Well, the mm. uh, kind of, but also they talk about the fact that like Sabrina is hum- half human, half witch. Yeah. So, yeah, to them, it's a completely different species. I don't know if it's necessarily a completely different species so much as it seems like when they sign the dark book and fully are embraced into the Church of Night they're granted extra powers that change them and separate them from human society by the dark Lord, by Satan. So we've already seen the, the long life thing. I believe they specified that in the first episode. It doesn't seem like they live forever. It's just, they live for an incredibly long period of time. And as we find out uh, in this episode, Ambrose has been around for a very, very long time, probably a little longer than yeah. thought. Uh, so there's that. The other thing is, I think we've established that Lady Blackwood has been pregnant for a really long time. So Uh, 13 months. Yeah. So their gestation periods are very different from human gestation periods. And I don't know if that's part of the slow aging or not, but that also might explain them say calling Sabrina half breed earlier on in the series. Um, that, Maybe it's not exactly a different species, but there is enough that magic does to the body that it makes you essentially as much so. So uh, then we have Sabrina give Harvey a little strength, uh, a little so boost. he can do the yeah, which, so he can do the speech, which was sweet. But then that kind of uh, she needs to turn that off fast, which doesn't happen because he's using that strength to go at uh, his father who is a complete douche, uh, yeah. which I was, I was like, Oh, Sabrina, turn it off. Turn it off. It's <laughs> gone too far. Yeah. She left the uh, tea kettle on a little long when it comes to Harvey uh, manning up here in this situation. Yeah. yeah he explodes um, at, at the father. 
Yeah, well, he the father gives like a pro mining eulogy for his son that died yeah. in the mine. I was <laughs> yeah. like, yo, that's the thing is he's such a like aggressive villain. Uh, it seems like how is it someone this being this bad that isn't going to be revealed to have some sort of influence from a bad un, un supernatural thing? Yeah, I mean, we have sense? not seen this guy be like a good father once he's just a horrible person every time we see him i mean i don't want to be stereotypical necessarily but don't you think there's a possibility that he's worked in a mine his whole life all he has to look forward to is going down in a mine working with rocks and then coming up and drinking beer until he falls asleep that he's become bitter and sour about absolutely everything in his life and certainly you could into it that he's had to raise two kids clearly by himself for at least a yep. long time. We don't know exactly what happened to have or Harvey's mother, uh, but same sort of thing that could certainly lead him to be very resentful of his kids. And that I, I agree that doing a mining is great speech at your son's funeral is maybe a step too far. But at the same time, I do think there are people like that. There are people who end up, just bitter and angry and absolutely everything in the entire world. And that's all they have going. Well, let me tell you, I, I agree with you, Alex, except for a prime example that I cite often, um, the doozers on Fraggle Rock. <laughs> Disney, mm-hmm. And they didn't, they were great parents. That's true. They are working with radishes instead of rocks though. So it feels like, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit of a different thing. I guess we have it established also, that, you can, worst case scenario with the doozers, you can eat what you're building because apparently it's delicious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is true. Fraggles eat it all the time. So if uh, the mine was made out of candy, I think the father would have a better disposition. <laughs> yeah, you and know, Connor, that's a great, that's a eat his point. way out. We do point. know that some of the people who make this show listen to the podcast. So I, I think it's important to let them know that going forward in the next season of the show, Make sure to establish that the mine is made out of candy. I think it'll make the characters a lot help, happier. Just overall. Yeah. And that's, that's what this is all about is making the characters happy. Um, <laughs> uh, the, that's where trauma so, comes from. Yeah. <laughs> Keep everybody happy. Uh, so Harvey and his dad have like a little scuffle, um, and knock yeah. the coffin over. The helmet comes falling out. Oh, Roz grabs man. it. And right then I was like, that Roz is having a vision, which we see, uh, later that she definitely did. Yeah. Um, so then we have this scene where Harvey and Sabrina are Wait, 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 wait. I want to I back up the truck here. This seems to be a trope now. Like, the getting into a fight that knocks over the coffin is something we see in movies and television a lot. Uh, you know, I've been to a bunch of funerals. I've never seen that happen. It kind of is, at this point, I'm like, oh, man, don't knock over the coffin again. It kind of is... It's so much of a kind of trope that it kind of pulls me out when I see it now. Anybody really? else, sir? I'm just a crazy person. I, I got to say, given your story about TGI Fridays, I am shocked <laughs> that you haven't knocked over a coffin at a funeral yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, surely there's, right, a funeral, there's a funeral at a TGI Fridays that you might have ruined, right? <laughs> I've never seen a funeral at a... Well, there, there might have been one. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, um, I haven't been to a funeral where the coffin hasn't been knocked over. So I oh, guess I'm wow. a, <laughs> okay. a bad example. Okay. Um, so uh, Harvey and Sabrina are talking about Tommy, and Harvey reveals that uh, Tommy got a, a full ride to Notre Dame playing football. 
which is a crazy detail to drop. He must have been very good at football. Yeah. yeah. They have a good football decides, team, I assume. Yeah, definitely. He decides they're playing against Syracuse. First time Syracuse has ever been a ranked football team, or not the first time ever, but in a long time. I'm going to the game. Wow. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that was a detail mainly to emphasize how important Harvey was to Tommy, to Sabrina, yeah. so that we know Tommy stayed there only to protect Harvey from the mines. That's it. That's the only reason. Uh, and that's to underline that for Sabrina. Uh, I'll mention one other thing that I thought was really neat that happens later on that scene. The father comes out ready to kick the shit out of Harvey. And Zelda, again, totally stepping oh, up to the plate, yeah. does that amazing, very subtle, shut up, stop moving spell where she holds her hands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know we keep talking about this, this episode in particular, but I love those little details rather than, you know, later we get to see a big spell in the woods with multiple parts, but these little things to me are better in a certain way, just because they add to the overall feel of the show. Also, we know how Zelda feels about interfering and how she doesn't want to be doing this, but she's doing it for Sabrina and it just makes it so much more powerful. Well, yeah. it's also, they run a funeral home. You don't want to fist fight in the funeral home parking lot. It's bad for business. Sure. Yeah. She's That's for TGI Fridays. Not, yeah. <laughs> TGI Fridays and Applebee's. Those are the only acceptable places to get into fist fights. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you punch someone over this French fry debacle? You keep. It was supposed <laughs> to be unlimited French fries. What was I supposed oh, to do? Oh, my God. Why You're would that you? Guy. Why would you sit down if it's not unlimited fries and they don't have juice? Why wouldn't you just go to another <laughs> restaurant? <laughs> what you just said? They didn't have unlimited fries and no juice. You sound like a ninety-year-old man who's just out of things to do with it. <laughs> Here's the thing: when there's that no comes juice. Up, there's no juice. At Apple that comes up. My children are sitting there. I got to show them I'm a man. So I punch that waitress. Kicked the shit out of the bartender, <laughs> broke everything I could find in the store, and then sat down to have a bro- terrible salad, you know? So that's How you are you do. not banned from that restaurant? That's why I'm on It's Applebee's. Know. They need customers so badly. <laughs> wow. The takedown continues. Um, why don't we take a little break to get to our sponsor? <laughs> Applebee's. <laughs> Applebee's. They need customers. <laughs> and Here's back a into the show. <laughs> Fun thing about that, I'll just mention, I I know we're back from commercial, uh, but fun thing, um, that's actually true of all businesses. (laughs) Well, that's why they should advertise that more. Yeah, basic tenet of business is customers. You got to have them. Moving forward, (laughs) um, we have a little scene between Madam Satan and Sabrina. Sabrina, uh, Madam Satan loves that Sabrina is confiding in her. Um, You can see her just loving it, and they talk very pointedly about it. she sets it up so it's... So obvious, it really upsets me that Sabrina's not catching on. She's like, oh, you can't do it, but it's so easy. Oh, and I have a book, and it's at my office where you know where that is, right? And it's just like, come on. It's, it was a little, yeah, a little on the nose. But, I mean, it, Sabrina, I feel like it's interesting. I and mean, Maybe this is an acting choice uh, as opposed to, like, a writing choice. But it feels like Sabrina is, she's just so matter-of-fact about it. She's very like, yeah. well, I'll get the book and I'll resurrect this person. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but it'll feel it a little bit more, I guess. Also, yeah. from what everybody's saying, that's really hard to do. And the fact that you're going to just attempt this for the first time and nothing's going to go wrong. 
Well, I think actually they established that it's not too hard to resurrect somebody. It's just frowned on, and there's a lot of things that could potentially go wrong. Like, the spell itself doesn't seem that difficult, but the repercussions are pretty bad, and which society says no. Uh, Just to jump back, I I think the Madam Satan thing, though, that's been pretty consistent through the series. That's how Michelle Gomez is playing the character, that it is over the top and obvious. And I think it works to your yeah. point, Justin, because Sabrina, Sabrina is always very focused on Sabrina and what's going on with Sabrina. She is literally yeah. the center of her own story. Um, so anything else that's happening around her, she just has this clarity of focus that actually cuts out everything on the side, including the fact that one of her friends is seeing a ghost. One of her friends has psychic visions. Her boyfriend saw the devil in the mind. Her uh, main mentor is clearly manipulating her. None of that matters as long as she gets what she wants. And ultimately, I would suggest that's probably going to be your downfall is that weird double-edged sword of giving and selflessness uh, ultimately will harm her in a way. Uh, and I think this the way they talk about this spell, the necromagic, is that it uh, goes beyond the, uh, beyond Satan himself. So you're dealing with death, which seems to be something that is even more uh, terrifying than, than Satan uh, and more damage, potentially damaging to the witches. And Sabrina must swap a life for a life for this spell. Yeah. I wonder then, just to speculate out a little bit, I wonder then, given what you're saying, Justin, if that's ultimately going to be the key to beating Satan, is if death is more powerful, and given the Neil Gaimanness of all of this, if we are going to see death as an actual physical being who potentially... Sabrina could recruit to beat the devil in some way. Oh, oh. nice. Or it could be a fiddle challenge. Either way, it's going to be uh, <laughs> Always up for uh, a good fiddle challenge. Two possible options. Let's see what it is. Um, <laughs> uh, then we get a scene. Uh, we'll come back to, obviously, this necromagic spell. Uh, we get a scene between Blackwood and Ambrose, where Ambrose is trying to cut a deal. Uh, Luke, his... Uh, I guess love is love interest boyfriend. Is that what they are? We define your relationship guys. Uh, he makes a case for Ambrose to get, um, off of his, uh, prison his confinement. Um, we learned that Ambrose painted with his surrealist and taught stage magic to Houdini. Um, and that the reason he got busted was for trying to blow up the Vatican in the famous, uh, Alistair Crowley, um, uh, thing. And Ambrose (laughs) is not a rat. He won't rat out his friends, even after all this time. Witches ain't snitches. (laughs) (laughs) That's a shirt. I'm going to make that into a shirt real quick. Hey, Uh, that's a a shirt. He's a warlock, though, so that doesn't really apply. Okay. Uh, Warlocks don't snore lots. Eh, Not as good, maybe. (laughs) And doesn't relate to what's happening. Um, (laughs) Uh, Well, what did you think of that? What did you? What did you uh what did you think of that reveal? We finally found out what was going on with Ambrose, why he was confined. Did you feel like that was worth the wait? Well, we heard that detail. Uh he says it when he first meets Luke um at the uh when he astral projects to have his date with Luke. He says that and it plays as a joke, but uh he did say that that's what he was doing. Yeah, I think that's cool. It sounds like Ambrose was more of a sort of a church of night warrior back in the day and mm-hmm. sort of a wild card. I also really liked how uh, it reveals, because Ambrose feels like such a great, solid character, and that this kind of uh, 
strengthens that by, you know, he has good morals and, and won't rat out his friends. I've, even after all these years, it, uh, it says a lot about him as a character, which I really appreciated. So I thought it was worth the wait and a good reveal. Mm. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, just a little bit of a step back. I looked it up. Uh, there isn't a witches eight snitches shirt, but somebody did make a witches get snitches, like snitches from the uh, Harry Potter series. So that shirt. Mm. Is, so I, I think we're good to go. Then I'll just start designing Great. something and put it up. Yeah, Great. pop it, put it together, and uh, let's really make a fortune. So yeah, while, where do you think we uh, could sell it? Applebee's, TJ Friday, someplace like that. Do they sell shirts? Yeah, let's do a partnership. I'll try Quite. to uh, keep my relationship alive with the Applebee's marketing department, but it is going to be a long phone call. When I come <laughs> <to that>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so while Father Blackwood is in the home, uh, Auntie Z is like, hey, you got time for a co- confessional, uh, which he is happy to oblige. And, uh, you know, Auntie Z starts getting emotional and saying that I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm failing my family. I feel like I'm failing you. I'm failing the Dark Lord. And then Father Blackwood was like, hey, you know what? It's tough all over. My wife has cut me off, so I haven't been late in a long time. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I cut to the next day and everybody's like, Auntie Z, you look amazing. She's, uh, she can get it. And she does. Yeah. Uh, and do we want to jump to the second scene? The second scene. Yeah. She uh, approaches Father Blackwood, tries to get a little smoocheroonie from them. And he's like, no, you can't do that. Instead, yeah. you're going to need some punishment. The let's go into this room, make sure the door is locked. Uh, we're going to have to flagellate me first. And then you and uh, revel in some delicious, exquisite pain. Yeah. Um, this is, Kinky. I, yeah. Well, I take this, uh, we already know from the previous episode that Father Blackwood has strayed on his wife before, which led to Prudence yeah. being born. Um, this, this, I feel bad for Zelda here, honestly. I feel like Father Blackwood is using her and there's no real He's connection. Yeah, even though she wants to feel that connection. Uh, I, uh, I love the moment in that second scene where he's like, do you have a cat of nine tails? And she's like, yeah, Zelda's got a cat of nine tails because <laughs> you know, she does. Yeah. And also, uh, speaking of people getting their bone on Hilda comes back pretty late. Do you think she's getting it on with Gata? Ooh. It does feel he's had a couple scenes where it's like, why is this character here? And it seems like it's a relation, a little relationship happening. Yeah, she. Uh, yeah, she's very she, excited about work. She's very excited about work, and she says that they're stocking books or giving out copies or working late overnight, and comes back in the morning, and somebody's like, "Why are you wearing your same clothes?" And she's like, "Oh, you know, it's just a busy night." Ha ha ha. So I think yeah. I think something's going on there. Although I mean, it's <laughs> you know, she was like, we were handing out coffee and stuff to people from the mines, which. Sounds like a really nice thing, and I hope that actually happened. That's a uh, euphemism, but, Pete. It's a euphemism. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you know, if people were really staying late at the mines to, you know, try to look for Tommy, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Staying people late were... at the mine, trying to right. look for Tommy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't you get it, Pete? Uh, that's, that's actually how I first got my wife, is I was like, hey, you want to come over and look for Tommy at the mines? And then oh, my you know, God. From there. <laughs> oh, my <Yeah>. God. <laughs> You are the wow, creepiest smooth, guy ever. <laughs> smooth operator. Uh, 
So now we're building toward the uh, the climax of this episode, just like Alex oh, was talking about a second ago. Harvey's not picking up a phone call from Sabrina. You know he's uh, fucked up if that's happening. Yeah. Um, we talk about Roz uh, mentioned to Sabrina that she had that vision when she touched Tommy's helmet. She sees Dorcas and Agatha conjuring um, uh, the thing, the uh, the rock the collapse, the mind collapse, and she sees prudence in her vision. So that gives Sabrina the news that she has to go uh, confront Dorcas and Agatha. She does. Dorcas throws Agatha under the bus immediately uh, and gives Sabrina the life that she will sacrifice for Tommy's life. Yeah. Dorcas, I think, breakout character of the season so far. Very into Dorcas. I think she's going to become the hero in the second part of the series. Um, She and Nick Scratch are going to team up, have a whole spinoff. Um, yeah, Dorcas and Sabrina. The I think that's gonna be great. Sabrina gives oh, a like, backhand. That was a fun moment. Yeah, Slash. So uh, l- let's talk through what happens next, though. Uh, so they. What did Five Fingers say of, to the face? Uh, well, so well, let's not forget that Nick, Nick's, <laughs> Nick Scratch pops in for a serious bad boy alert, and he's like, "Yo, are we doing a fucked up spell? Because you know." <laughs> I'm going to be involved in a fucked up spell. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I like to watch. I'm creepy as fuck and no one's figured it out yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I wish they would just amp up Nick Scratch even more. He seems like he's very much in love with Sabrina and is more like Spike what? from Buffy the- later on down the road. Hold on. Hold on. Spike from Buffy down later on down the road. I'd like him to be a little more asshole Spike. I'd like him to be referring to himself as a third person to be like, you know, Nick scratch likes to do that. I think that oh would be my God. good. What character the choice. fuck? You want that to fun. be more of an asshole? Yes, I do. Because right now there's not enough of a difference between Harvey and Nick scratch other than their different hair color. Um, I want to, I want to no, see a difference. Not, I want to get it. I feel like um, we're, that's definitely coming. We just haven't had it yet. Nick scratch hasn't had his, you know, time yet. It'll happen. I would st- one difference is Nick Scratch is more like orgy ready than Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that so far. Harvey hasn't been presented with an orgy. We don't know what he would do in that situation. I think I have a pretty good idea. <laughs> in his in his eulogy, yeah, I mean, like, if Justin is correct and like going to the mines is you know getting it on, Harvey's been spending a lot of time going to the mines. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That mine could be just one big sex party. Yeah. <laughs> Why else would Satan be there? He's like, hey, what's going on down here? Whoa! <laughs> uh, let's get to the part of the woods. So they cast a spell in yeah. the woods. They put down the mining helmet with a almost like a scarecrow of Tommy Kinkle. Um, they go through three iterations of the spell in order to bring back Tommy. The third part of the spell is that Sabrina ends up slitting Agatha's throat. Oh, shit! That was yes. such a fucking turn for Sabrina. Right. I thought this well, was very, w- really well done. Like it, I was like, I was like, oh, because she hesitates for a second. Like, oh, she's not going to do it. How is she going to talk herself out of this? And then she does. I was. It really caught me off guard, and I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, uh, Madame Satan even notes. Madame Satan notes that this is a walk down the road, which I think really we've been speculating a little bit about what exactly she is doing. And I do think that it becomes pretty clear with this episode that it's not so much as about like there's different parts of a spell that are meant to break Sabrina. 
so much as a slow erosion of her morals more than anything to get her to the point that yeah, even yeah. if she is going to bring Agatha back, the fact that she slit another person's throat and killed them, even for 13 minutes, is a big step away from the Sabrina that we met in the first episode. Right. Um, now, let yeah. me ask you why the spell is going on. Is Madam Satan in the trees above? <laughs> it was a little weird where she was like, it just like cut to around. her being like rise. And I'm like, where the fuck are you? <laughs> I think she was just behind a tree. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. She was like right. the nosy neighbor in a, a goofy sitcom. <laughs> just on the other side of the fence. Yeah, exactly. So she was the Wilson. Because it is a deep breath. Yeah, I got because it. it is a life for a life, uh, Agatha's life, Tommy's life. They end up burying Agatha, but they bury her in the cane pit. So she ends up coming back to life. So she gets the punishment that Prudence wanted to give her for defying her. But at the same time, Sabrina believes that in 13 hours, because they traded a soul for a soul, that she has tricked death and that Tommy is going to come back to life. So she's pretty proud of herself, even though Ambrose yeah. is super mad at her. Ambrose loses it, and that was amazing to watch. But she just assumes that Tommy's going to come back and appear where, Sabrina? You didn't think about this at all. Like, oh, Tommy will just come back and show up somewhere. Well, they thought that he was going to come back because they built that effigy. They thought he was going to appear in the woods and just wander home. But instead, uh, he appears in the mine where his body was. Where his body uh, was. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, you need a body to come back to if you're going to come back alive. Uh, this whole sequence I thought was really well done because I was like, oh, no, this is horrible. You can't cheat death like that. It's worse than cheating Satan. And so the very end of the episode, Tommy, uh, excuse me, Harvey and his dad are sitting down at dinner. They hear knocks at the door. Uh, they oh, wander man. over the door. The episode ends with them about to open the door. Somebody behind it. Um, I I felt like it was pretty clear where this was going throughout the episode that we were going to get the. Is it a Twilight Zone story Tommy. where Mo no monkey's paw? They say it in the Mon episode. It's the mon classic monkey's paw. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Monkey's paw. Yeah, I I think Tommy's going to be a zombie. Yeah. No, I think uh, he's going to be totally normal. He's fine. He's alive. He he just knocked in the door like a normal person would. That was not normal knocking. Home. Yeah, well, as, especially on, if you we talked live about there. this. Pete, we talked about this earlier in the episode. The greatest source of drama that you can get on television is making sure the characters are as happy as possible. So, of course, yeah. Tommy is going to come back, and next episode, Harvey is going to be happy. Sabrina is going to be happy, and they're just going to get happier from there. Oh, exactly. Well, the big reveal. Fantastic. The big reveal is that, uh, that uh, Tommy brought donuts. Oh, man. Uh, you know, there's uh, nothing from like hell. From hell. <laughs> uh, well, hell nuts. I really hope, I mean, given hell that nuts. every episode, given that every episode uh, has been some sort of trope, some sort of horror trope, I really hope we're going to get the zombie invasion trope next episode, that that's just going to be the start of something, that it's not just the dead body, but we'll almost get a shades of afterlife with Archie showing up in this yeah. episode. I oh, think that would man. be yeah. super neat. One other thing to talk about in the episode that happened um, is that father black, when, when Ambrose doesn't snitch, father black was like perfect because witches ain't snitches TM. Uh, he uh, brings Ambrose. He sort of loosens his uh, rules of his uh, confinement where he can now go to the church of the, uh, the school of the unseen arts. 
So that's yeah, an only if he works for him, though. Yeah, he brings he's him gotta in. He's got to work for Father Blackwood, which I feel he's like he's got to make his bone. Uh, yeah, I feel like they kind of teased a little bit that, like, if Sabrina is willing to do, like, go above and beyond for, like, other friends, like, she's got to save Roz, right? She's not going to let her friend go blind, right? Uh, certainly at this point, Sabrina has her own stuff going on and she seems to be screwing up more and more as we go. So. Like we talked about, because she's so focused on herself, I do wonder if she's going to she's already missing these things that are happening with Susie and Raj. She's so focused on Harvey. Um, And it would it would be weird to establish that Raz has the cool psychic powers of the bunch um, while giving her an out for that, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I also think we they've said it a couple of times that the reason her family, Roz's family, has these powers is because they were cursed by a witch. I think we're going to find right. out that that was Madam Satan uh, mm. as we get, we get there. Or yeah. uh, it could be another witch, I guess, but that would make the most sense to me. And uh, yeah, I feel like Sabrina should try to you know, reverse that since she's, uh, you know, half witch and knows people. Yeah, she cool. knows people. Yeah, she she's got connections. All right, before yeah. we go, which witch reigned supreme this episode? Who won the episode? Pete. Sabrina, cutting throats, slapping fools. Wow. She is killing it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, wow. Dark Sabrina, give me Dark Sabrina. Wow. All right, that's a surprise. Of course. What about not, you, Justin? Not ri- well, when it comes to my favorite witch, you know I have an itch, and I'm going to Nick scratch it because I thought he was awesome in this episode. Dude, he was in the episode for two seconds. He steps that's out of the enough. shadows and is like, I'm creepy as fuck. Yeah, that's I love a bad boy alert, and he uh, plays oh, it to a T. Oh, he was having the most fun in the episode. When he shows up for the spell, he's like, yes, this is going well. He's just so <laughs> on board. I love it. Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you, there's only one witch who's a real legend, and that's Aunt Zelda. She yeah. was the winner of the episode. Okay. Okay. Uh, I love yeah. all of her views, all the little uh, things she did from the quiet spell to her reaction about Black Friday. Uh, she had a lesser part in this episode, but I love how she's stepping up. I love how she's getting a complicated romance storyline of her own. I think that's also- super cool. We also learned that if you see a two-headed snail, that means twins. Yeah, that was a that was a large snail in a box. I'll tell you what. Yeah, it also means you live in a perhaps uh, irradiated. Uh, <laughs> 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 if you would like to support this show and other shows, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at eight p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Please come on by. We'll chill you with our adventures. Uh, Pete, what else do you want to plug? Well, friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at ComicBookClubLive.com or at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, our dedicated Riverdale Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Twitter account. And we will see you not at Applebee's because fuck that place. <laughs> oh, I, I do have one more commercial to read. Uh, oh, okay. Cool. Applebee. We definitely peed on Alex's salad. <laughs> oh, man, I knew it. Oh, uh, yeah.